Letter nineteen of Letters Written During a Short Residence in Sweden, Norway, and Denmark. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Letters Written During a Short Residence in Sweden, Norway, and Denmark by Mary Wollstonecraft. Letter nineteen business having obliged me to go a few miles out of town this morning i was surprised at meeting a crowd of people of varied description and inquiring the cause of a servant who spoke french i was informed that a man had been executed two hours before and the body afterwards burnt i could not help looking with horror around the fields lost their verdure and i turned with disgust from the well-dressed women who were returning with their children from this site what a spectacle for humanity the seeing such a flock of idle gazers plunged me into a train of reflections on the pernicious effects produced by false notions of justice and i am persuaded that our capital punishments are entirely abolished executions ought to have every appearance of horror given to them instead of being as they are now a sense of amusement for the gaping crowd where sympathy is quickly effaced by curiosity i have always been of opinion that the allowing actors to die in the presence of the audience has an immoral tendency but trifling when compared with the ferocity acquired by viewing the reality as a show for it seems to me that in all countries the common people go to executions to see how the poor wretch plays his part rather than to commiserate his fate much less to think of the breach of morality which has brought him to such a deplorable end consequently executions far from being useful examples to the survivors have i am persuaded a quite contrary effect by hardening the heart they ought to terrify besides the fear of an ignominious death i believe never deferred any one from the commission of a crime because in committing it the mind is roused to activity about present circumstances it is a game at hazard which all expect the turn of the dice in their own favour never reflecting on the chance of ruin till it comes in fact from what i saw in the fortress of norway i am more and more convinced that the same energy of character which renders a man a daring villain would have rendered him useful to society had that society been well organized when a strong mind is not disciplined by cultivation it is a sense of injustice that renders it unjust executions however occur very rarely at copenhagen for timidity rather than clemency palaces all the operations of the present government the malefactor who died this morning would not probably have been punished with death at any other period but an incendiary excites universal execration and as the greater part of the inhabitants are still distressed by the late conflagration an example was thought absolutely necessary though from what i can gather the fire was accidental not but that i have very seriously been informed that combustible materials were placed at proper distance by the emissaries of mr pitt and to corroborate the fact many people insist that the flames burst out at once in different parts of the city 
not allowing the wind to have any hand in it so much for the plot but the fabricators of plots in all countries build the conjectures on the baseless fabric of a vision and it seems even a sort of poetical justice that whilst this minister is crushing at home plots of his own conjuring up on the continent and in the north he should with as little foundation be accused of wishing to set the world on fire i forgot to mention it to you that i was informed by a man of veracity that two persons came to the state to drink a glass of the criminal's blood as an infallible remedy for the apoplexy and when i animadverted in the company where it was mentioned on such a horrible violation of nature a danish lady reproved me very severely asking how i knew that it was not a cure for the disease adding that every attempt was justifiable in search of health i did not you may imagine enter into an argument with a person the slave of such a gross prejudice and i allude to it not only as a trait of the ignorance of the people but to censor the government for not preventing scenes that throw an odium on the human race empiricism is not peculiar to denmark and i know no way of rooting it out though it be a remnant of exploded witchcraft to the acquiring a general knowledge of the component parts of the human frame becomes a part of public education since the fire the inhabitants have been very assiduously employed in searching for property secreted during the confusion and it is astonishing how many people formerly termed reputable had availed themselves of the common calamity to purloin what the flames spared others expert at making a distinction without a difference concealed what they found not troubling themselves to inquire for the owners though they scrupled to search for plunder anywhere but amongst the ruins to be honester than the law requires is by most people thought a work of supererogation and to slip through the grate of the law has exercised the abilities of adventurers who wish to get rich the shortest way knavery without personal danger is an art brought to great perfection by the statesman and swindler and meaner knaves are not tardy in following their footsteps it moves my goal to discover some of the commercial frauds practised during the present war in short under whatever point of view i consider society it appears to me that an adoration of property is the root of all evil here it does not render the people enterprising as in america but thrifty and cautious i never therefore was in a capital where there was so little appearance of active industry and as for gaiety i looked in vain for the sprightly gait of the norwegians who in every respect appear to me to have got the start of them this difference i attribute to their having more liberty a liberty which they think their right by inheritance whilst the danes when they boast of their negative happiness always mention it as the boon of the prince royal under the superintending wisdom of count bernstorff vassalage is nevertheless seizing throughout the kingdom and with it will pass away that sordid avarice with every modification of slavery is calculated to produce if the chief use of property be power in the shape of the respect it procures 
it is not among the inconsistencies of human nature most incomprehensible that men should find a pleasure in hoarding up property which they steal from their necessities even when they are convinced that it would be dangerous to display such an enviable superiority is not this the situation of serfs in every country yet a rapacity to accumulate money seems to become stronger in proportion as it is allowed to be useless wealth does not appear to be sought for amongst the danes to obtain the excellent luxuries of life for a want of taste is very conspicuous at copenhagen so much so that i am not surprised to hear that poor matilda offended the rigid lutherians by aiming to refine their pleasures the elegance which she wished to introduce was termed lasciviousness yet i do not find that the absence of gallantry renders the wives more chaste or the husbands more constant love here seems to corrupt the morals without polishing the manners by banishing confidence and truth the charm as well as cement of domestic life a gentleman who has resided in this city some time assures me that he could not find language to give me an idea of the gross debaucheries into which the lower order of people fall and the promiscuous amours of the men of the middling class with their female servants debased both beyond measure weakening every species of family affection i have everywhere been struck by one characteristic difference in the conduct of the two sexes women in general are seduced by their superiors and men jilted by their inferiors rank and manners all the one and cunning and wantonness subjugate the other ambition creeping into the woman's passion and tyranny giving force to the man's for most men treat their mistresses as kings do their favourites ergo is not man then the tyrant of the creation still harping on the same subject you will exclaim how can i avoid it when most of the struggles of an eventful life have been occasioned by the oppressed state of my sex we reason deeply when we feel forcibly but to return to the straight road of observation the sensuality so prevalent appears to me to arise rather from indolence of mind and dull sense than from an exuberance of life which often fructifies the whole character when the vivacity of youthful spirits begins to subside into strength of mind i have before mentioned that the men are domestic tyrants considering them as fathers brothers or husbands but there is a kind of interregnum between the reign of the father and the husband which is the only period of freedom and pleasure that the women enjoy young people who are attached to each other with the constant of their friends exchange rings and are permitted to enjoy a degree of liberty together which i have never noticed in any other country the days of courtship are therefore prolonged till it be perfectly convenient to marry the intimacy often becomes very tender and if the lover obtain the privilege of a husband it can only be termed half by stealth because the family is wilfully blind it happens very rarely that these honorary engagements are dissolved or disregarded a stigma being attached to a breach of faith which is thought more disgraceful if not so criminal as the violation of the marriage vow 
do not forget that, in my general observations, I do not pretend to sketch a national character, but merely to note the present state of morals and manners as I trace the progress of the world's improvement. Because during my residence in different countries, my principal object has been to take such a dispassionate view of men as will lead me to form a just idea of the nature of man, and to deal with ingenuously with you. I believe I should have been less severe in the remarks I have made on the vanity and depravity of the French had I travelled towards the north before I visited France. The interesting picture frequently drawn of the virtues of a rising people has, I fear, been fallacious, excepting the accounts of the enthusiasm which various public struggles have produced. We talk of the depravity of the French and lay a stress on the old age of the nation. Yet when has more virtuous enthusiasm been displayed than during the last two years by the common people of France and in their armies? I am obliged sometimes to recollect the numberless instances which I have either witnessed or heard well authenticated to balance the account of horrors, alas, but too true. I am therefore inclined to believe that the gross vices which I have always seen allied with simplicity of manners are the concomitants of ignorance. What, for example, has piety under the heathen or Christian system been but a blind faith in things contrary to the principles of reason? And could poor reason make considerable advances when it was reckoned the highest degree of virtue to do violence to its dictates? Lutherans preaching reformation have built a reputation for sanctity on the same foundation as the Catholics, yet I do not perceive that a regular attendance on public worship and their other observances made them a whit more true in their affections or honest in their private transactions. It seems indeed quite as easy to prevacate with religious injunctions as human laws when the exercise of their reason does not lead people to acquire principles for themselves to be the criterion of all those they receive from others. If travelling as the completion of a liberal education were to be adopted on rational grounds, the northern states ought to be visited before the more polished parts of Europe, to serve as the elements, even the knowledge of manners only to be acquired by tracing the various shades in different countries but when visiting distant climes a momentary social sympathy should not be allowed to influence the conclusions of the understanding for hospitality too frequently leads travellers especially those who travel in search of pleasure to make a false estimate of the virtues of a nation which i am now convinced bear an exact proportion to the scientific improvements Adieu. End of letter nineteen. Recording by Elaine Webb, Bristol, England.